Educators want to stay fresh with literacy instruction, but are so busy with students, they don't always have the time. All year long, Choice Literacy publishes and delivers the best K-12 literacy practices so that educators can grow their students as readers and writers with choice in literacy. Welcome to the Big Fresh Choice Literacy Podcast. I'm Ruth Ayers. The creative adult is a child who has survived. Ursula K. Le Guin. This week, the lead essay is inspired by a trip my son Sam and I took to Flight Fest. It is called Choice, Independence, Collaboration, and Precision. And it's read by Sam and me. Howdy. Sam, my youngest son. Howdy, howdy. And I went to Flight Fest this summer. Flight Fest is a gathering hosted by the YouTube channel Flight Test. Hundreds of remote-controlled airplane pilots gather at an airfield in central Ohio for this four-day event. I had no idea what to expect. That's okay, because I was in charge of the entire trip. I ordered the tickets, booked the Airbnb, and packed the van. Of course, people bring planes that are already built, but a big part of Flight Fest is the built. There were large tents filled with tables, hot glue guns, soldering irons, and piles of foam board and any other part you can imagine to encourage people to build their own planes. The Flight Fest store sold kits to help people who are new to the hobby build kits and as well build parts like motors and propellers for those who wanted more independence in their builds. People sliced, glued, and adjusted, and I couldn't help but realize that we were with Sam's kindred spirits. Our dining room is often referred to as the invention room or Sam's room. Even when Sam clears it for a dinner party, a workbench remains in the corner stacked with tools, along with a boneyard of styrofoam and cardboard. Going back to Flight Fest, across the tent from us was a YouTube celebrity named Peter Sreeple and his sidekick Sam, and of course their dog Toby. They were working on a build with a 30-foot wingspan and 50 motors and propellers. This was the largest build done at Flight Fest, I believe. There was an open invitation for others to help, leaving sidekick Sam F. with time to construct a foam board doghouse for the dog, Toby. Sam worked just like he does at home, focused and fast. As a writer, I understand the creative process that ebbs and flows, and then wanting to ride the wave of creativity and productivity when it comes. Sam would pause to watch Peter and Sam F. across the tent. Their build that defied the odds was inspiring, and Sam dared to imagine a little bigger than before. He observed builds around us and shared tools. He admired creative approaches and acknowledged the kit builds. I really love some of the kits, but I'd rather make my own. Sam has always been adverse to following others' directions for creation, which is why school isn't such a fun place for him. I looked around the tent and noticed the wide age range. I wondered how many of those people struggled in school. Then I was overwhelmed by the joy and rich learning that surrounded us. There was choice and independence and also collaboration and precision. It reminded me of the importance of these characteristics to a workshop that hums with joy and growth. Let's be diligent in giving time to our workshops so they are built upon the traits of choice, independence, collaboration, and precision. 
This is how we ensure children grow as readers and writers. Sam out. Heather Fisher is joining us for the podcast this week. Heather is an instructional coach in Massachusetts. And um, Heather, I'm excited about this theme and that your voice is joining us for the theme. So the question is, how do you fuel creativity? What's one of the ways that you do that? Well, I'd have to say, Ruth, that one of the ways that I fuel creativity is by reading the articles on choice. Honestly, um, this particular selection um, for our Big Fresh this week, every single one of them sparked creativity in my mind. And I felt like I left every article and the videos really having those creativity juices flowing. So um, that's definitely one way that I feel creativity. I'm glad that you said that because I just, I love, um, even though I'm putting together the Big Fresh, I love it when it arrives on in my inbox because I feel like I can just take 15 minutes and go through those articles. I feel inspired and rejuvenated and I have all kinds of new ideas that I didn't have before. This week in the free for all section, we're sharing an article from Brenda Power about creative events that build stronger homeschool connections. In this article, I read it thinking, wow, these are some really great suggestions for events that are strengthening that home and school connection. And I got to envisioning ways that people could adapt these ideas uh, to meet the greater needs of the times that we're living in with social distancing. I will say that one of the suggestions that really got um, sparked some creativity for me is the family game night. And the idea of involving families and experience uh, that they can replicate when they go home, yet having that common experience as a school community to then bridge to the home. And there's so much that, that we learn as individuals through playing games. And sometimes, sometimes I think we think their games are just fun. They're fun and they're learning experiences. It's true, and it goes right into another free article for this week's um, newsletter, which is Books for Brain Breaks with Mandy Robeck. Um, I just think this is a fantastic book list. She wrote it a few years ago, but so many, like when I was re reading through the list, I was remembering um, just how much fun these books are to share with kids. As I was reading this article, um, Mandy does a, a really nice job of being honest and relevant to set the stage and really connect uh, the reader to this idea of using real outs for brain breaks. And brain breaks to me have always really been like some kind of a musical routine or a video. So as I was reading this article, I was so intrigued by all the read aloud titles as you were, Ruth. And thinking about how all of these read-alouds are incorporating movement. And every single one of them, I hadn't heard of yet. So that was, uh, that was really exciting for me. And um, I was a little bit nervous for my Amazon cart because to be honest with you, I already have uh, Can You Make a Scary Face by Jan Thomas in the cart, just waiting to hit uh, 
hit the button. And she's the author of like the rhyming dust bunnies that kids just absolutely eat up. So I can definitely see how any, any teacher, any coach, any administrator reading this article is really going to be uh, ready to put this in their Amazon cart too. That's like um, something that's not common for you, right? To see a book list and not know <laughs> any of the books on it. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was shocked that I hadn't heard any of them. I had heard of Jan Thomas as an author and was excited to see that there was something that I hadn't read by her yet. So, well, I was, um, I love Jen's uh, Schwanke's article called Strategies for Sustaining Student Attention. It's another one in the free for all this section. And um, it just drew me right in because she starts the article about like when her family got a puppy. And she's talking about how like the kids were overusing the puppy's name, um, which then led her to this connection of she used to have an administrator who thought that the more he said a person's name, the more that was honoring um, to them. And what she had said in Sid is that it just felt um, almost condescending and irritating to constantly hear your name over and over. And so this is an article where uh, Jen is offering different ways to help kids maintain focus other than saying their name repeatedly over and over again. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I found very interesting was the way that she described the use of visuals, kinesthetic hand motions, and even sound to get the attention. And I remember in the article reading the line that talks about the sound of the Velcro as it was coming off of the board and how that was almost signaling to a particular student. Um, for the attention. And so that was really interesting to think of all of the different and creative ways to get students' attention and not just by using their names. In the classic classroom section of the site, we are releasing some new content. And one of them is an article by Sherry Frost called See Your Students. And I know that you said you had read that one pretty closely, Heather. I did. I really thought that this article had some unique ways to continue building those relationships with students and knowing that as we continue to strengthen the relationships with our students, we're increasing those opportunities for feedback and for growth. It was interesting um, when she, she said, let them know that they see you. And it, it's sparked additional ideas for me. Some ideas were the journals, lunch with the teacher. One that really uh, struck with me was having some cool personalized high fives and like different high fives for different kids. So they really felt special, like they had some kind of like a code. Um, that That was really special to think about how as a teacher, you can you can personalize the connections that you have with students. I, I love that and the way that you described it, because I think sometimes it feels overwhelming, um, especially as teachers have more and more students that it feels overwhelming to make those 
uh, special connections, but like you said, um, Sherry just makes it possible. Um, she gives us lots of practical ideas to make kids feel special. Matt Renwick shares a new article uh, called Five Phrases That Should Be at the Top of Every Writer's First Draft. And uh, when I first saw the title of Matt's article, I was like, what could it be? And I was really curious about those five phrases um, that he would share. And so like, part of me is like, do I share it with podcast listeners or do I not? But um, I'm one of those people that can't really keep a secret. Well, I can keep secrets really well, but like presents and stuff, I just want to give them away as soon as I have them. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to go ahead and share it. It's um, the five phrases that Matt suggests to be at the top of every writer's first draft is see it, feel it, hear it, taste it, smell it. And he talks about like when we put those words at the top of our draft paper, that it helps us in describing, describing what's happening and also just communicating to the reader in a more specific way. And it's interesting, Matt oftentimes puts these words on the top of his drafts, uh, even for his choice literacy articles. And I love that idea that he's practicing what he preaches. Um, so this is an article about that. In a really classic Matt Renwick style, he has uh, some, some graphics uh, through there that's just helping us uh, visualize and think a little bit deeper about what he's, what he's sharing. And then he gives us uh, different ways to help kids uh, develop, uh, create setting scenes that will really bring their readers in. So I think that this is an article full of information. Matt has a couple, um, he shares some of the pages out of his notebook so we can see how he's working with this and how he's helping kids um, just develop their creativity by using these five phrases. I'm really excited about this article because for me, what I'm taking away from it is that these phrases are like positive self-talk for our writers to persevere through their writing so that when they think they're, you know, I don't know, I don't think I have anything more to write about. They look back up and they're reminded, okay, hear it. And then they can continue. So that's something that I've really taken and am going to to think more about in ways that we can creatively use that idea in other areas too. Stella Vialba shares a great book list. It's called Books to Fuel Creativity and Imagination. So like you with Mandy's article, I just felt like um, I have all kinds of new books to buy after reading Stella's article <laughs> and this book list that she, she sets up in a really nice way for us. When she quotes, she says, the times I feel I could use a dose of inspiration, that to me was such a powerful line because we all have those moments when we could use a dose of inspiration. And one of the texts um, in the list was called Courageous Creativity, Advice and Encouragement for the Creative Life by Sarah Lahr. And this is definitely one that's on my list to buy because she's shared that it's filled with quotes by other creatives to give 
to give uh, a little push or a nudge to complete a project. And for any teacher that knows, really knows me, uh, they know I love a good quote. So I'm super psyched to read this and um, become more inspired by more quotes. Yeah. And I think another special thing about this book list is like the, the books that she's suggesting are so different. Uh, there really is something for everyone uh, on this list. And I, I, I agree with you about that courageous creativity. Um, I think it looks like such a fun book to have you know, on the corner of your desk and being able to dip in and dip out of it. We um, This week, we brought back uh, an encore video by Haley Whitaker, who is a kindergarten teacher. And in this video, she's conferring with Grace about her writing early in the year. I just thought it was a great um, video to bring back at this point in year in the year because there's so many moves that Haley is making that are are wise and that we can learn from. As I was watching the video, I noticed some really important moves that Haley is making that we could all learn from and think more about. For example, she's giving the wait time for the writer. To process. She hands the pencil to the writer and she's scaffolding instead of rescuing. So she's giving these little small, these, uh, you know, little small um, nudges and these lean prompts. And she's at the end reminds her of, of a strategy that she can use when she gets stuck, that she can retell a story. Um, before entering her writing again. Yeah, Haley is very skilled at what she does. And so if people are looking for a solid writing conference with a kindergarten writer, you're not going to find a better one than this one. I think it's a, a special one. And I'm glad that we were able to capture it on video and be able to look back at it and highlight some of those moves that Haley's making. So we're pretty excited about some of the things in the Leaders Lounge, the new content that we're releasing this week. Jen Court shares this idea for professional learning. I think it's such a sweet idea. Okay, so I absolutely love this idea. Jen shares this mini PD idea where you take a little mini piece of candy and you attach it to a little card that has a QR code. And attached to the QR code is some bite-sized PD. So as I was reading through this, I was thinking, A, this is adorable. B, teachers love a sweet treat. And C, I am trying this like next week. So the idea of symbolizing that like the mini amount of the PD with the mini candy bar was just so creative. And I left the article thinking, well, that's just enough information for the teachers to, to chew on, right? Just that small mini size enough to go back into the classroom and try something. So this article was, in my opinion, very effective in sparking creativity. 
Jen just lays it out. It's this how-to guide. She, she really clarifies how she does it. And then she shares a template. So, you know, you don't even have to make your own bite-sized PD template. It's right there. You just um, put in the QR code that takes you to, you know, an article that you want to share or a video. Jen has been doing this for a, for a couple of years now. And I was glad that she finally wrote about it because she talks, um, she was talking a lot about how there's just so much information to share with teachers and that this is a way that she knows in just a few minutes that they're going to, they're going to get some information that's helpful and practical right there um, at the point of need. And like, you know, everybody knows uh, candy never hurts. <laughs> it just makes it, you know, a little bit more fun, um, a little sweeter to, to learn with. Uh, so Heather, we have an article that you wrote. It was called a uh, planet. Don't wing it. Yeah. When I wrote this article, it was based off of, you know, the experience that I've had with some of some other coaches and curriculum directors in really thinking about how we can be more purposeful in the decisions that we're making to increase the level of talk with our students. And we started thinking about what are the, you know, what are the, the main components of planning that would go into having a, a purposeful conversation in which we're teaching into. So when we plan for the talk opportunities, they become richer. We were thinking about, for example, the kinds of questions. So are they questions that will elicit some elaborating, justifying, comparing or contrasting, and thinking about like even down to the imagining the talk. How could the talk go? And when we imagine the talk, that can help us think about how we could revise the question and the academic vocabulary that's associated with that, that we may need to um, pre-teach or continue to support uh, through the use of visuals. So this planning template really takes the, each of those pieces into consideration and prompts any, any individual, whether you're a teacher, coach, administrator, and this is an opportunity for us to plan it. And the article, it, it breaks down really how to do this. And what I appreciate about it, Heather, is I think teachers, they, they know that we want kids talking more because there's so much learning that happens as kids talk. But sometimes what, what's powerful about this tool is it, it's not just like, hey, talk more in your classroom, but it thinks through the kinds of talk opportunities we can give kids. And it's, um, in my opinion, a golden template uh, that will really help people think through. And like you said, plan it instead of just winging some conversations. Absolutely. I'm hoping that others that see this planning tool will really think about how we can give uh, a greater direction and provide teachers with the necessary tools to facilitate conversations in their classroom. So Ruth, one of the articles that I keep thinking about is the Encore article that you wrote. 
And it's, it's explaining why setting a coaching schedule is crucial for success. And it says, even if the work is mundane and challenging at the same time. So every year, it seems as if coaches are not given a schedule, they must create their own schedule. I mean, as a new coach, um, when building relationships with teachers, it's essential to stand by your word, to say what you mean and mean what you say. So this article really talks about how it's important to schedule with teachers as opposed to popping in. And I really thought more about this and how that unpredictability of the popping in can lead to potential false narratives that the teachers could create in their minds uh, about the intentions of the coach. So when, when we schedule these opportunities, we're, that's the first step in building the relationship and getting to know one another is you know, that message that I mean what I say, I say what I mean, and I'm, I'm here for you. And that this one piece of the article, and you, um, you mentioned encouraging reflective practice that when we schedule these opportunities with teachers, instead of popping in, we're giving the teachers a sense of, of reflection that, that they're meeting with us. And so they can almost kind of prepare for the reflection and the work that we're going to do together. And they'll innately consider the path that um, as they envision the conversation that we'll have together. Thanks, Heather, for those things. This is an article that I wrote um, because I needed <laughs> to be reminded of this. I find scheduling to be really tedious work. But what I know about coaching is that we, we constantly need to be thinking ahead and giving people some space and time in order for um, them to be prepared. Like, not just you know physically prepared, but just mentally prepared for the work that we're going to do too. And so when we can begin when we are consistent with scheduling rather than dropping in, I think it makes such a a strong um, a strong setup for the coaching work that's going to happen. And oftentimes, I know that um, for me, when I when I'm falling back on dropping in is because I didn't do the work, the tedious work, what I find tedious work ahead of time of scheduling and just being committed. Like you said, coaches need to do what they say um, and show up when they say they're going to show up. And by setting that schedule ahead of time, it makes it possible. So Ruth, one of the pieces of the big fresh that I was so excited to see is the empower choice course. And this is uh, various contributors that have come together and they are giving little tidbits of knowledge on how to, how to empower choice despite all the challenges that we continue to face and considering ways that we can hold true to our beliefs of, of choice and the power that, that choice has on our readers and writers. So I have to say that um, as I was looking through each of the videos and watching them, I loved the way that 
you got to know the contributors in the very beginning. So by the middle of the video, and the videos are pretty uh, short in length. So by the middle of the video, you you felt like you felt like you knew you knew the contributor, and then you're given a little bit of a a mini PD to spark your curiosity, to spark your creativity, and walk away with some ideas. One idea that I'm walking away with is from Tammy Mulligan in her video. Hers is um, how to give the choice and read alouds. And that for me was this like, oh, wow. to, To give students a choice in read alouds, I've never thought about that. As teachers, we always seem to have the read aloud. And so she provides us with an opportunity to to look at ways that we can give the students a choice in which books to read aloud. So I thought that was really cool. And she even goes into giving students a choice in, in how to talk about them, like what they want to talk about. So instead of, instead of teachers always coming up with the questions or the topics, giving the students the power in that's really increasing their engagement in the conversation. So this is, uh, this Empower Choice course is something that was really, was really intriguing to me. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing how others can use it in their practice. I was really excited about that course too. And listening to you talk, um, like I wanted people to get to know the contributors, right? Like they are carrying full-time contracts in schools and, um, they, they have so much to offer, but then part of me is like, oh, it became so dated because they were sharing like what their reality was as we were, um, you know, in this, this school year following the pandemic. And I just loved, I love that about it too. And so, um, my hope is that people, that it won't feel dated to our readers because the things that they're talking about are so, um, practical and relevant for right now. Um, so they, we do get to know them and it's, I just really love the way that that came together, uh, kind of a behind the scenes thing in response to what you were saying about Tammy's session, which is choice and interactive read aloud. We had all gotten, we all got together on zoom and we're just kind of sharing like how we empower choice and what each session was going to be. And Tammy had shared, like, I'm thinking about doing choice in interactive read aloud. It was like crickets, like nobody said anything. (laughs) And Tammy's like, is this like, is this not a good idea? And I was just like, I think that we are all just amazed. (laughs) You know, yes, please show us like how you're, you're putting choice into the interactive read aloud. And the reason why Tammy chose that was because she said like, this is the part of the day that I feel kids have the least amount of choice. And I just want to try to figure it out. And as you said, in the video, she shows us exactly step-by-step how to increase choice in the interactive read aloud part of the day. It's a brilliant idea. And this course is filled with snippets of of these ideas from other contributors that are going to really spark some uh, some creativity in our readers. 
Yeah. And just a note, there's also a secondary contributor course um, about empowering choice for readers and writers too. So um, our secondary people, there's there's something there for you too. And I just, um, I'm excited to highlight those courses for people. Well, Heather, I'm glad that we took some time to talk um, because the, like you said, just looking through the articles, there's so many ideas that are sparked. And that to me is exciting. It's exciting to be a teacher and to be in the profession. And I love when I'm able to have uh, new ideas and things that I hadn't thought about before. This has been such a pleasure to have the opportunity to to reflect on these ideas with you and to really envision even more possibilities than I had before. So now I think I'm going to um, go pick up some bite-sized candy and buy a couple of read-alouds because I'm ready to share this with my teachers. So thank you. At Choice Literacy, we know that you want to be an educator who makes students' lives better through literacy. In order to do that, you need access to comprehensive literacy practices delivered in a way you will actually use. With over 150 in-the-field contributors, we understand the pressure to reach a variety of needs and not enough time to do it, which is why we hold true to workshop tenets like Choice, and share practical ways to plan and deliver literacy instruction straight to the point of student need. You can find links to all of the articles discussed in the show notes or sign up for the Big Fresh so you can have the links delivered directly to your inbox. Keep growing readers and writers by offering choice in literacy.